you can get a haircut and get a crawler, a French crawler, in one place. Amazon can't do that. Yeah, don't get a French crawler at Walmart. All right, Rich. Yes, Paul. How are you today? I don't have time for that. Here's what we got to do. I've written down everything that we're going to deliver for this software product. We're going to, it's going to be, it's got like a content front end, you know, you can put the words in there and then it's also got an API and I'm going to be able to use it to book tickets. And then it's going to email that to all the people. So it's really, it's doing everything we said it would. It's a great product. And I've written every single aspect of what we're going to ship down into this statement of work. And so we need to sign that and get started tomorrow, yesterday, frankly. All right, Paul, that's really interesting. I know you've been working hard on this, and you're a passionate person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, first off, how was your weekend? Well, it's not relevant to software development, but it was great. I, frankly, you know, and just getting through, looking forward to everybody being vaccinated. But but let, don't get distracted. Matt, we're going to sign a contract here, and we're going to get started. And this is exactly the software we're going to deliver in six months, right? Okay. And you've got you've got a green light for this? You've got the budget? you got everything you need? Oh, hell yeah. All set. Good to go. Let's go. This is what we're going to build. All right. Well, let's just make sure we're not moving too fast here. Okay. I mean, everything is working. It's all working. <laughs> I love when the when the client oh, when the client says, okay. I've heard that. I've heard that okay stretched out about three minutes long. Yeah. Woo! No. Breaking character there. Yeah. Now, look, here, here's what I'm getting at. We tell everyone over and over that too much specificity is the enemy of shipping your software. You think you're going to be building one thing and you're going to find out about three, four months in that you're building something different. And you and I say that like that is just the nicest, most natural thing in the world. Well, to clarify, we do say you should know directionally which way you're going. That's meaningful. But yes, don't be too specific because it tends to shackle you. So here's the big question, right? This is the big question. And this is a question with a terrible answer a lot of the time. It never has a, sometimes it has a good answer. Sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. This is what I want to talk about with you. Are we building, we're two months in, done a lot of work, given a lot of presentations, maybe even shown some design comps. And then you really, Mm -hmm. you ask this question, ready? Are we building the right thing? Yeah, that takes the air out of the balloon doesn't it like that that can really when they ask that later in the game six weeks before shipping that's absolute disaster this is the 10th meeting in we've narrowed down budget we've narrowed down the shop we want to use we've not we've we've plucked the team (laughs) and then someone starts Uh, to show up later in the meetings like let's say it's a dozen meetings before full green light and at meeting nine someone starts asking questions Oh, the angel of death is the, the, CFO, the CFO. Is, because CFO the CFO, CFO has death, right? one very particular lens, and it starts with an equal sign to launch into a value equation. That's right. Yeah. It's an so, Excel formula spreadsheet. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They're very good at software, It just and they're really into and engaged with software in the CFO's office. It just happens to be Excel. As long as it begins and ends with Excel, they think it's great. And then after that, they're like, this is Uh, CFOs, I mean, if you think about money, let's talk about a house, Paul. Okay? I've decided it's time to upgrade the windows. Spouse says to spouse, we really should 
finally upgrade these. Oh, it's getting silly at this point. One doesn't open, one doesn't close, one doesn't lock. Half of them have weird mold around them. Like, there's a lot of issues. And then spouse number two says this. I, I think we're fine. Why don't we talk about this next spring? And the truth is spouse number two is kind of a party pooper. But spouse number two is saying something very sound, which is, we're fine. The windows close. Water is not coming into the house. Yeah. We are actually okay. No risks. Contrast no risk. that. No risk here. With came home from vacation. They were in uh, Aruba, all inclusive, sipping on sugary drinks and eating more shrimp than they really should ever eat in their lives. And they come home. They're exhausted. Yep. Uber drops them off. They open the door. And there's two inches of water in the kitchen, right? A pipe burst. Yeah. You know what's not going to happen there? What's not going to happen, there isn't going to be much of a debate about the money they're about to spend. No, that's true. All the there, money is no, about nobody's to Nobody's going to talk Wallets about it. It's like up. this is our home. The da water damage is the worst kind of damage. We'll figure out with the insurance, but no matter what, they're not going to cover all of it. It doesn't matter. We've got to right this ship. Software is approached in two ways. Aspirationally to have a better world out there. Wouldn't it be nice to have new windows? Yes, these windows work, in quotes. Eh, they've got some cracks. It's hard to lift them up. That's you know, right. we should get the new windows because that yeah. would give us amazing window opening power. And that would actually be so good for everyone in this organization. There is no better way to neutralize and render impotent the CFO than when the kitchen floods. Because we're going to lose the debate, whole house. They don't argue. But when they are in a posture of someone putting forward something forward-looking, aspirational, quote-unquote, nice to have, they sort of settle in to this warm bath of Excel formulas and rationalizations. And they seek out patterns. Sure. They look for words that match the words of your project and say, well, we're spending that over here. And right. it's a very common thing you see because it is the sort of hemming and hawing debate that happens among spouses. Um, this is real, right? And it is the mistake that many often, I can't imagine what was going on at Walmart while they are watching the slow motion freight train of Amazon for probably 10 years, probably eight to 10 years. It, it took them years to get wind of the fact. Wow. You, you know what's going on, which is like, yeah, but they don't have 8 million storefronts at, at all. You know, they, they, they still, they, they're too, we, we can deliver stuff just fine. And, and the first wave of people who are like, Hey, we better watch out for this. They're just Cassandra's and everybody's like, Oh yeah, come on. Yeah. Oh boy. Here comes old Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon doesn't have greeters. And then they, those people quit. They're like, yeah, I'm going to go over to jet.com. <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't, I don't really, this is ridiculous. It's frustrating, right? Like you see the right thing and you see actually danger ahead and you're trying to advocate for it. And everybody thinks you're, you're getting ahead of yourself. Relax, dude. We just did six and a half billion dollars in revenue and yep. $180 million. Like we decided to pivot towards potted plants and we own the market now. Well, more than that, you're the CF, you're the CFO and you're just like, look, I actually have a real crisis over here, which is that we were going to expand into South America and that's right. going very, very poorly. So, right. you know, life being short, yeah. I'm sure that we're going to do more with computers, but, you know, Amazon is not really a threat. That's and right. you know what I think about it a lot? They don't have the right newspaper, right? Like they read the Wall Street Journal and, you know, or they read whatever, but they actually literally don't have the newspaper that gives them good updates about what's coming. They're getting the news about everything else. And then, so that's how it sneaks up on you. 
I think they they have a very um, skewed view of the world. They can't imagine no, anyone right. threatening their foothold. I think Verifone. No, that, but you should really like. We should go out and and subscribe to all the newsletters that say low code will destroy the services business. Right, right. like you and me. Right. We should all. And I, I mean, we do, which is good for us. We expect at any time that the technology industry will rise up and destroy everything that makes Postlight special. And we've actually kind of quietly reinvented the way we deliver services a couple of yep. times since we started the company that, but that's, we're small, right? Like if once you get to thousands of people, you're more focused on just kind of, let's keep it stable. Mm. That, that one thing we tried over there didn't work so good. You know, what drives this Paul? you know, the, the, as I'm thinking about the companies that are able to nimbly adjust and the ones that don't, I think the ones that nimbly adjust learn to hate themselves learn to be unimpressed with their success. Oh, see, that's why I'm ahead of the curve as a CEO. <laughs> there you go. I mean, let's <laughs> let's go through a couple of examples. Okay. Um, the internet caught Microsoft flat-footed because they swore that the uh -huh. desktop and all those DLLs that just keep talking to each other are the way to salvation. And little by little, they watch something profound happen. And then all of a sudden, an email, Gmail comes out. And it's like, what the hell is going on? Outlook runs the world. Microsoft Outlook runs the world. And then they changed leadership and they changed their mindset and they stopped loving and stopped becoming impressed with themselves. To take out the core rendering engine, uh, the core parsing engine in Internet Explorer, a product of probably 20 years of software development, and to say, mm, Chromium is better. Let's just use that. And we'll just call it Microsoft Edge. Nobody cares. That takes a lot, right? Versus... The organizations, and you know, I, there's probably a long form story about BlackBerry and how they swore the Chiclet keyboard was going to be the most defensible piece of hardware ever in the existence of phones. And I think they went on this massive endeavor towards a flat, like a, I think a touchscreen phone did come out eventually and it was bad. Look, man, I'll tell you what, don't ever bet or invest on client or customer loyalty. Like I just there's think no I, such I would thing. be, there is no, there's such, no thing. such thing. I mean, I love all of our clients. They're like my family. I go to some of their houses sometimes, but it is ultimately a decision can come down and they can call me and they go, and it'll be awkward though. You know, we can at least, that's all we got though. All that Postlight can really do, all that any company can do is make it awkward. Unless you're Salesforce, then you can just lock everybody in a jail called Salesforce. Yeah. And they can't leave. That's a hell of a thing. But even they, they, even they are constantly looking around to see where competitive advantage lies. I mean, the Slack acquisition is telling people like, huh, that's weird. It's not weird. They're scared that Slack is going to actually obliterate the CRM and, and people are just going to talk to each other all day. And it's like, shit, we have to be over there. For its part, Slack is going head to head with Microsoft, which is just a beast yeah, to compete with exactly exactly right? like, like this is the thing don't don't get it twisted that that rich is saying microsoft the gentle company microsoft is still no. a savage giant kaiju monster that will destroy any city it sets its mind to that's right it just also knows that it can fail you only have to go back 12 15 years to know that to have a meeting and say it's time to bring the full microsoft office feature set to ios was just just tears are flowing. People are screaming. It's just what the hell? This isn't Microsoft. Yeah, exactly. And then right. and then now you can you can get the whole thing. The whole thing is available to yeah. you on Mac, on iOS, and they don't care. That underlying thing doesn't matter. I pay for Office every year. I have no idea why at yeah, this point. Yeah, I, like I, I refuse. I use it I like refuse. yeah. 
Do you know the ultimate example of being driven by self-hate and paranoia is Amazon. Every day, Amazon wakes up and feels and looks at a sector that it has no business looking at, like, I don't know, independent films, and says, yeah. why are we failing there? Look at us, abject failures. <laughs> it's and true. So Bezos has this quote, which is attributed to him, which I think creates just a good, warm, supportive, inclusive environment. And that quote is this, wake up every morning terrified. I mean, some people get to do that organically. Yeah. But he's not talking about that. Uh, no, he's not talking about that. What he's talking about is the fact that your lead, your advantage um, is fleeting, that things can turn in a minute. I think it speaks to a lot of the diversity. I think, I think that diversification that you see out of Amazon, and there are a lot of failures, by the way. They don't hit home run after home run. They have put out some of the shittiest hardware. Like that fire stick, that fire stick <laughs> is holding doors all around the world. It is holding doors. It is used as a, a wedge <laughs> to kind of keep a window open. No, you don't think that a, you don't think that a beautiful electronics product that is literally thrown in a bin at Best Buy, like a like a stuffed animal <laughs> at IKEA, it's like a is, dollar is, too. It's, it's un, they should yeah. just put it in cereal boxes. It's the shittiest. You remember when thing. they did the phone? I, I, there was a point where Facebook and Amazon oh, yeah. both did phones, and they were just they were going to own it. It was Am it was Android. They were all they were so so excited about themselves, and it was just. Yeah. So that's a pressure cooker environment. It's, it's known. I've, I've known people, I've interviewed people who worked at Amazon. I've known people who worked at Amazon. It is a place where fear and a bit of anxiety just drives a lot of what happens there. That is real. That is a very real thing. It is not known for its kitchen. It's like lunchroom or, or it's cushy beanbag no, chairs. This it's is not pretty stark op it. It's stark opposition, right? Like Google, you know, hires a chef and you, know, you get the back rubs and you get to go down a slide to get to your office. They make it incredibly cushy. Amazon, the culture is, you know, the, the publicly expressed culture is, are you good enough? And then, you know, and I look, people get motivated in different ways. There are times in my life where I wanted that sense of, are you good enough? And I still have that internally. It's still, I'm still uh, driven that way. I, right? I, I think, I think no doubt that sort of a shared psychology that you and I have is part of the reason Postlight is as successful as it is. I'm very convinced of that. I'm not saying it's healthy, no, no, no. but uh, well, I, well, I think that's a real here's thing. Here's the problem with it, right? The problem with building that into your culture. I don't think that's our culture. I think that's you and me. I think we actually took some steps, just like you try not to mess up your kids. Yeah. We, we took yeah, some exactly. steps to build a healthier culture at Postlight, and we empowered people to do that. And I'm sure there's some of our anxiety is in the firm. That is life. But yeah. the great fault of this approach to management, where it's like, you're just not good enough, is the minute somebody wakes up and says, you know what? To hell with it. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. Go, build your, go build your API. I think actually I'm going to go over here, make a fine salary, and not be miserable all the time. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. minute they say that out loud – You've lost all your power right. to get them to do the next thing. And you, they might as well just go the next day because they're never coming back. Right. So you set that dynamic up. And so everybody's kind of in the cult. Got to work harder. Got to get it. Got to go. Got to go. And then the moment they go, why am I doing this? There's no answer. And they leave. So to me, that is a risky culture. Certainly, they did just fine. Let me ask you a question. Do you think innovation can come out of just optimism and positivity or does there need to be some paranoia and anxiety and by innovation i don't I mean actually, an entrepreneur 
I mean within a company. Here's the the lesson I've learned, and I've learned this from a lot of it's from from my partnership with you, but also from the way that people work inside of the company. Like I'm just thinking about it, Chris Osako, who's one of the people who runs Digital Strat. A good, lots of innovation and lots of creative energy is really, really good as long as it's married to really good execution. Really good execution doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't, but it does have to be critical and it does have to be sincere. No, but let me, let me a kind of, take a scalpel to what you just said. Execution okay. makes the assumption that the mandate has been given. No, I don't believe You got to give cover I'm, to a good product leader to go do it. My point is, can somebody, there's a good mandate, like a clear the roads. We are doing this. Does that come out of positivity and optimism or does that come out of some paranoia and anxiety? Okay. Let me reframe this entire thing for you. Ideas are worthless. Ideas are great. They're wonderful and they're worthless. Have as many as you want. Sometimes people DM me and be like, hey, can you, you know, I I got an idea for you. You, you, Do you want this? Do you want to build it? Yeah. And it's like, seems like a good idea, but I'm going to tell you what, ideas are worthless. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I can have 50. I can sit down with you right now. We could get on the, we could sit here and come up with 50 product ideas, any one of which within 18 months would be in the market worth a hundred million dollars. Yep. So innovation, right? Don't get it twisted. It's all going to happen in that execution. It doesn't have to be miserable. No, it doesn't. But- Look, you know what it is, Paul? We, we see a lot of half-hearted innovation. We brought in, we've been brought into organizations that have just a hanging curveball opportunity in front of them. We are in the house now. We're in in the room with them because they think we can help them get there. And we've seen that momentum just fizzle out and just get ground down into like a fine sugary dust enough times. And that happens, I think, because of, uh, and these are companies that have billions in revenue and uh, can't see ahead. I wanna I wanna close this with a quote by our friend Jeff Bezos, who, by the well, way, before you give that quote, cause close it with a quote, but here's, let me respond to what you just said. So the first thing is like, I think one thing is about to change. I really do. Which is that the cost of building a new platform and testing it in the market is so low now. Like, let's say, let's say it's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. lots of money for an individual entrepreneur, mm-hmm. but nothing for a large organization that you can place a lot more bets than you used to be able to. There is a scope of project where if you attempt to do it inside of a big organization, it will get nibbled to death but by ducks. But then there's another scope of project that's almost like, well, just put it on the credit card. Yeah. The closer you can get to that, the more you can try new things, and then you can see what's going to change inside the organization. The problem is the committee. When the committee gets in there, innovation it it. has a hard day. It has a hard day. Right? It has a hard so day. Let, me, let me take it back. Before you close this with that quote, let me take mm-hmm. it back to the original question, which is, how do I know if I'm on the right path or not? You're asking me that question? I'm doing my innovative project. I'm two months in, three months in. What am I looking for? That lets me know, yeah, I should double down and get this thing finished. Um, the right answer is actually not that hard because competitor across the street is doing it and you're not, for example, which we've seen. Okay. So the actual path is not hard. The thing that, that causes them to lose steam is that there isn't enough cover in the organization, which means there isn't enough runway to get there. And when there isn't enough runway and people lose their patience and they're suspicious, it's just, it's demoralizing. It just loses steam a thousand different ways. It gets caught up in the wiring of the original org, of the of the host organism, so to speak, and they can't make their way uh-huh. out. And, and if you don't have that cover, if you're not able to walk into the right level of leadership and say, 
get this shit out of my way or I'm never going to be able mm-hmm. to get there. If you can't do that or if you don't have that support, you're going to it's just going to end the same way. We've seen the same movie again and again and again. And this is manifest in the in the most pathetic corporate security blanket there is, the innovation group uh, that sits usually in the basement of large high rises that is just there so that you can check off the innovation box, but they have absolutely no support to actually do anything that could actually have a material impact. It's the shittiest thing in the world. Uh, and we've seen it there too. And we've been involved in those uh, places as well. So I want to end with this quote because I think it pretty much sums it up. All right, sum it up. What we need to do is always lean into the future. When the world uh-huh. changes around you and when it changes against you, What used to be a tailwind is now a headwind. You have to lean into that and figure out what to do because complaining isn't a strategy. Okay, please don't be Henry Kissinger. All right, that's Jeff Bezos. Okay, fine. Okay. Well, well that's okay. actually that's a Je- that's Jeff Bezos. That's his wedding vows. They leaked onto the internet. <laughs> uh, did you see his ex-wife got remarried? Ah, uh, good for her. She just unloaded billions to nonprofits. God bless. I'll tell you what, she got remarried, and I was like, oh, that's too bad. That's, you know, just you know, she's doing such good work. Um, she's so cool. So, Paul, we are Postlight. You can check us out at postlight.com. We are a great partner for navigating big meaningful change powered by technology, transformational change. We have a really talented group of strategists, product managers, designers, engineers. We ship some really, really cool things. We've been doing some really great stuff lately. Uh, we just had a demo meeting yesterday, which was a lot of fun. Oh my God. Very it's so cool good. stuff. It um, really is good stuff. Just all <laughs> well, the way down to the platform level. I feel you know, you know what? You know what we do? That's a different podcast, but I feel so yeah. useless. we should talk about that in the next one we should talk about the changes that have come to the you know um what i realized we do and this is the message we need to send out into the world is that we used to think we were just doing the build it actually turns out that we're doing the strategy by doing the build that people are coming to us and saying i need to get that digital transformation that sweet sweet digital transformation and everybody else keeps selling me on the transformation part, but every, no one will actually do the digital. And I'm like, sure, we got that. Let me help you out. Right. And that that's Postlight. So, you know, Postlight. when you're ready to digitally transform. Reach out. A lot of good case studies on the site. We just put a new one up. There's a form out on the bottom of just about every web page. <laughs> so if you want to talk, oh, yeah. have questions, have ideas, uh, reach so out. If you ever want to see an optimized funnel, for converting visitors into leads for a digital transformation firm, check out postlight.com. Yeah, no live chat though. We've spared you that. No, uh, yeah, we we talked about it for like five minutes. We're like, what are we? Come yeah, on. Exactly. All right, everyone. Have a All wonderful right. week. Talk to you soon.